0: I guess a pro is that dogs go there and they have a mad time and they have fun and they play yeah. with other dogs and they get to go home and everything's good. If they were always bad, then we would have, like, no they one would. They wouldn't exist. They yeah. wouldn't exist. So, there is positives to it and some, as I said, there's clients that said, oh, what do you mean? I'll go to the dog park. Or, my dog's been there his whole life, for a whole nine years. He goes there like regularly Yeah, and nothing bad's happened. I'm like, you're lucky. That's awesome. But, just because you've drank drive for the last five years and you haven't killed yourself or somebody doesn't else doesn't make it a they, good idea. Well, yeah. I recommend it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's, that's I, something to think about, I guess. I guess
1: that's a thing that it's all good until it's not.
0: Yeah. Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs
1: teach us how to live in the now.
0: I'm your host Panos Anagnostou
1: and I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show.
0: Welcome back episode 7. Here we are. We're talking about dog parks today. It's the
1: uh, the topic that everyone wants. Uh, everyone wants to know about because it's like, hey, dog parks look like they look good on paper, but we're going to get into um,
0: perhaps why it's not such a great idea. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the pros and cons. Yeah, let's talk about the let's talk about the cons first. Yeah, okay, because yeah? we can talk about some pros to it. Yeah, I guess what I say to my clients. Two things happen that I don't like to go to a dog park is that, first of all, it's a dangerous place where your dog can potentially get attacked or overwhelmed or scared by another dog. Yeah. And it's a place where your dogs learn to ignore you, not to listen to you anymore. So There's a lot lot of variables at a dog park, isn't there?
1: Uncontrolled variables. Mm. Things that you can't control.
0: Things that I don't like about it is that, well, we'll talk about what dog parks I don't like. And ones that I'm a little bit more cool with.
1: Specific dog parks, you mean?
0: Maybe I, well, I can refer to some specific ones in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. So the ones that I don't like style are the ones that are yeah. locked in, closed in, like the very limited space. And there's lots of dogs and there's no like big dog, small dog runs. There's one in Kiriwi, which there's a big one, a big dog run, a small dog and a mixed one, I think. But they're very enclosed. But who's it's policing small, that anyway? There is no rules
1: or yeah. boundaries about it. It's okay. Anyone can be there and. That fence is really like a UFC cage,
0: isn't it? It could be. Yeah. Look, a lot of the times people take their dog for the whole dog's life and they've never had an issue and everything was great and had fun time with dogs. And, and when it works well, it's awesome <laughs> to watch a dogs play. I think it's a really enjoyable time. It's funny. It's hilarious. Yeah, It's really cool stuff. A lot of the times... People go there with two with young puppies, and young puppies uh, should not be going to the dog park because even a social interaction could be scary to them. Because a big Labrador running up to a small Cavoodle, it, it you know the, the Labrador's a bit goofy, jumps up and pounces on them, or doesn't have the Labrador, whoever it is, but Labradors seem to have the um, heaps of um, goofy energy. Yeah, and like we said in the, the
1: the puppy episode, that seven to seventeen weeks is critical. So if you if your puppy has a bad experience during that time, yeah, that could be very hard to undo. Very hard.
0: And any bad experience, any time in life, is you're always going to face with some trauma, which then can cause other issues in terms of reactivity, aggression, timidity, fear and stuff. So, when we're in the dog park, the reason why it's not a great place is because, of course, there are no qualifications of what dog can be there, what dog can't be there. What happens if John from down the street got the dog yesterday from the shelter and everything was cool and social and he rocks up to the dog park, lets the dog off the lead and then something was to happen. Another problem with it is that when you have those enclosed dog parks, it's like an epicenter of intensity. So much going on and dogs are running around. When they've had enough and they're trying to walk off, the other dog may not know their social cues and then continue to push that dog. So it can be an issue. Another big issue with dog parks, especially where it's more enclosed, is that people go there with the ball, with food, or themselves as being a resource, and dogs can fight over these resources. Resource guarding, yeah. Yeah, the dog comes up between your legs, and then people say, oh, my dog's protecting me. You know, the dog's trying to come to you as being the safest place that they know, and then being there, the dog still rushes up, and we can't control the other dog or the other dogs. And either we can't or we're embarrassed to do so. And what happens is the dog then lashes out and could bite another dog and then they could cause a fight. When dogs are super highly aroused and they're chasing this ball and then another dog Pre-drive, wants the, yeah, yeah. Wants the other ball, then that cause cause an issue as well. Mm. And, of course, with food, dogs have um, food aggression, resource guiding issues in that regard. So it
1: does put them in a highly aroused state, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Where it can cause those issues based on the fact that they are kind of – uh an elevated state of mind. Yeah. And physically and mentally.
0: For sure. Like, they're, they're, they're buzzing there. It's, yeah. It's intense. Like the, like the school playground, you know? Yeah. It wasn't all just fun and games. Yeah. It was fights in the yard all the time, right? So, and you've mentioned this before,
1: um, Spades was attacked at a dog park by a German Shepherd.
0: Yep. How old was Spades? Spades was six months old. Right. And then what happened? So, we're in the dog park. My dogs were just- hanging out, doing their thing. So
1: Ace was there as well? Ace him? was
0: there too, yeah. yeah. This was a long time ago. Um, so what, if Spades would be nine this October, so like seven and a half years ago. Right. So, um, so we're in the dog park. A guy was coming with his German Shepherd, and I asked him, hey, mate, how's your dog? And he goes, he's cool, he's fine, he's friendly. I'm like, awesome. Off leash. He comes in, unclips the lead, and bang, on top of Spades. Immediately, it wasn't even five seconds of something to happen. He just seen the dog, ran, and then just bit him. Like, and now he He had his mouth on him, but Spades had no punctures, so no physical wounds, but- I had to go in, pull him out, and he was like so scared; it was ridiculous. I just immediately left the park, and um, the other guy put his dog on the lead, whatever. Maybe single- you
1: would have been pretty young then too. Like we were like, twenty-one or something,
0: something like that. Twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So, um, it was crazy. So that's pretty it was confronting. Even, even it's pretty full on. Look, I, 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 I wasn't. I, me personally, wasn't too overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Like I've, um, I had that that um, I have. The attitude to run in and stop it. I was lucky that I didn't kick the crap out of the other dogs, but I didn't want to do that. I just mm. got my dog, pulled him off, stepped in the other dog's way and just Leave the situation. Pushed him away, yeah. then straight away the other guy was there, grabbed the dog, so I didn't have to do anything. But um but in that moment it's pretty heavy. You gotta do something about it very quickly. We're gonna I'm gonna address a whole podcast of dog fighting, how to deal with dog fighting to my experience and from what I've learned from others and stuff. So something going that to just to-
1: flashed into my head then as well as like you gotta do something. I'm sure that especially as the- Okay, so weather warms up, so maybe people want to go to the dog park more often. The odds of someone like me or someone else turning up to the dog park in like shorts and thongs is pretty good. Mm-hmm. How are you going to separate two dogs when you got bare feet? You know yeah. what I mean?
0: Separating dogs when they're fighting is a very, very hard thing to do. And, yeah. And so many people get bitten. People are Yeah, people get bitten all the time when they're- not all the time frequently when they're trying to separate a dog fight in this case it wasn't it wasn't so bad in terms of the the aggression it was the fact that mentally spades was so scared so every single dog he's seen after that he was lunging and trying to bite them because he was faced with that fear now never before that he was and he had good experiences with dogs It was just from that experience that triggered it. So it was at the end of my NDTF course, I learned how about dog behavior and training. So I was able to then apply the things that I learned immediately, like within the day of understanding, the next day that I seen Spades was reactive, I'm like, now it's time for me to work on what I've been taught. So in one way, it was a good blessing. It was something that... Gave me that first hand experience. It's unfortunate for Spades, but this yeah. is life and this is how it is. And it did take me months to get him back on track. So that and he still had some anxiety around dogs. Now he's helping dogs with everything else and he's got he, he's yeah, be- look, of desensitized him very if you well. You look at him now, you could never ever guess that he'd been bitten or attacked as, yeah. a, as a puppy. There's been times where since we've been working with aggressive dogs that he has had like one time the the dog got out. Got a little bit too close to spades and I it was my fault, messed up. And the dog then had given him a nick on the eye, like on the side of the eye there. And that was bad. But from there he didn't go back into a bad spades because it was just it was an unfortunate situation. Things happened, but because we had a good strong foundation of working on all this counter conditioning and desensitization. And just because you get attacked, it doesn't mean you have trauma. Sure. But to have trauma, you have to have a bad experience. Sure. So and especially if you have bad genetics on top of it, nervy genes. I mean genes that are, um that promote more of that reactivity fear based behavior and anxiety, then it's gonna be more prominent. I guess
1: his breed is relatively calm, right? As a um,
0: shepherd. Well, like, I don't even know why he is, to be honest. He
1: looks like a shepherd, I maybe guess so. roddy, yeah,
0: maybe larger dog Maybe, like, yeah. he's not maybe he doesn't probably. have
1: that sort of small dog reactivity. No,
0: but like look he, him. You can have a large dog Doberman. German Shepherd, Great Dane, Cavoodle, Chihuahua, like there's, there's, I wouldn't say the breed itself has less likelihood to be that because within the breed, within the litter, depending on who was bred would determine those, the genetic past. Okay. So, so it's, it's not breed specific in, in particular. It's more about, yeah, what's happened in that genetic, um, timeline. Okay. So, so spades and spades probably would have had more, me more anxious than and it was more of a car like a like a reserve dog compared to ace for example ace had that bad experience i don't think he would have reacted like how spades did in the aftermath of the of the situation so the point is is that this is where like 80 percent of my dog reactivity and aggression um sessions that i'm having with clients is when the dog got attacked at the fucking dog park (laughs) does my head in right paying your bills Yeah, it's paying the bills, however. Unfortunately, um, yeah. It's not a good outcome. As you said before, like in theory, it it makes a lot of sense. Go there, let the dogs play, let's have some fun. And as I said, most of the time it works out really well, which is at one time it doesn't go so well. So the parks that I do like to go to, a dog park that I would say that is um, less likely for things to happen, but not impossible. Um, So if you're familiar with Sydney, we know that Sydney Park is near Tempe and it is a really, really big, Massive park. Yeah, it actually, huge. used to be a rubbish tip. Yeah. Uh, so, and apparently, there was an elephant. There's an elephant buried somewhere in, no um, in 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 Sydney Park there from when it was a tip day. So, very very large space. It's all off lead. There is no fences. Which then um, off lead, uh, as in the council permits that. Yeah. So yeah. they're allowed to be off the lead now. Pat Stewart from Canon Paradigm said it perfectly. He says that most of the time when you go to a park that has no fences and it's a leash free park you're going to have dogs that tend to be a little bit more behaved than the ones that are enclosed in the enclosed park because they have a decent recall, they want to follow their own. by the nature of the design of that park. For sure. So, Why would you
1: take a a badly behaved dog off-leash to a park? It would
0: be like a dog that doesn't know how to come back to you. Yeah. So not that every dog-
1: So with with a dog that doesn't have like a good recall or something like that.
0: Not like every dog in Sydney Park has a good recall, but- It's less light. When I drive past, I never see dogs on the street, and the dog park's just there. Yeah, it is kind of bounded by some trees and stuff. So there's general areas, but it's a huge park. So the point is, go somewhere where um you can control your dog a little bit more effectively. So go to a place, sorry, where you have the ability to call your dog back. Have a good recall before you go to the park. This is important. Don't ever take your dog off if you can't come back to you. That makes sense. But also, when you're in the park, don't just stand in one spot and just hang out and let you become the epicenter of all the craziness. Keep your your um, movement flowing. Yeah. So, there's heaps of paths in Sydney Park. You're constantly walking. As you walk the path, the dog interacts with the dog, sniffs a tree. We all pee together. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, panels up there. We run and, and we follow. And then generally, as you start to meander through the park, the dogs are experiencing other dogs. But still following you, but the energy moving is always better than if you're staying in one spot. And I think that's common across so many different situations. You know, the pub is where you're going to see more fights when rather than the marathon, like everyone's sure. moving in the marathon, yeah. right? The pub, we're all kind of sitting still, getting over aroused and there's resources in this pub, right? Yeah. Um, so as a, as a general example, so that's what I really would like to see that, um, we have more parks, probably more like that. Maybe not more parks like that, but. More people that are attracted to these places. It's I think hard it's now, isn't it? Because that, as Sydney gets busier, we're losing our green spaces. For sure. So and as we said last, last, um, podcast is that we talk about the structured walk. We talk about the long lead. People say, well, if I can't go to the dog park, where can I socialize my dogs? A few answers to that. First of all, if you're in the long lead, if you have a long lead on your dog in the park, you are most likely, if you're there every single day, you're going to see a dog that's going to be around you, that they can interact. And most of the time, it's going to be a, a positive interaction. Yeah. And it's not even that necessary for your dog to play with other dogs all the time. You've got your dog for you. You should be engaging and fulfilling your dog's needs. You should be training him and playing with him and having those fun times so he sees a dog and goes, eh, it's just another dog. Rather than going, oh, it's a dog. I have to play with you. Yeah. That causes other issues too, which we're going to get to in a sec. So... Make sure that you're, you're the thing that's important and go to the dog park as like a novel thing. Make it like just be aware that a situation can unfold in any park that you are because there's uneducated people with uneducated dogs that are running free in the, in these parks. So we spaces. should
1: probably uh, maybe clarify here as well that not just because there's dogs in a park doesn't mean it's a dog park as well, right?
0: Well, actually, that- I was so aware I was like yesterday, Baroneen, and then the guy says, oh, it's a, it's leash free. And I looked at the sign. There was something it's like, "No dogs have to be permitted on lead at all times." But everyone's there, and everyone has their dog off the lead. Right. So now he's he not officially. The dog- yeah. so it's not officially. It's just something that everyone does. So if the ranger comes, then you're going to get in trouble. You're in trouble. Um, think about if your dog's off the lead, and then something was to happen. So let's just say your dog's so inclined to play with every single dog that they see, and then he one day sees a dog across the park. And then you haven't got a good recall, a good downstay. You haven't got any good communication skills. Your dog runs off, and you're like, "My dog's friendly." And then the person walking their dog saying, "My dog is not friendly and is aggressive. Stop your dog." And then that person who has their dog off the lead cannot call their dog back, runs up to the dog, going, "Hey, I'm Fred. How are you going?" And then boom, there's a fight. You're even if that dog severely attacks your dog, to my knowledge, I could be wrong and I would like if someone can correct me, is that if your dog's off the lead, it's your- You're in trouble. You're in trouble. It, you're at fault of the situation, even though that other dog was the one that was aggressive. Sure. Um, it makes you, sense.
1: Because the assumption is you you can't control it off yeah, leash. And sure. you've broken the, the council's rules anyway. Exactly.
0: So, again, I could be wrong if that dog was to kill that dog that was off the lead. I don't know who's sure. at fault and that's why we have courts and everything else. But these- but it's a good- let's just assume it's, it's correct- that gives you more accountability and responsibility for you yeah. and your dog it's, it makes sense so Talking about where it's a place where your dog learns to ignore you. Or if your dog has more fun playing with other dogs, why follow you? Why listen to you? And that goes against everything we're talking about. lucid walking, giving your dog a job, working your obedience training, have some relationship with your dogs. My dog will see a dog in the walking past us. He doesn't. He almost doesn't even see the dog. He sees it. He knows it's there. Yeah. But he ignores that. it. Because, like, you walk down the street, you're going to say hi to everyone that you walk past. No way. You're going to touch them and jump on them. No way. Have a level of impulse control. If it's – so. To answer the question about where should I socialise my dog, well, if you're in the park on the long lead, you're bound to see other dogs and then yeah. you can give them a play. Plus, if you've got a long lead, you've got that control anyway. You've got that control. Yeah. And then the situation can be can be handled heaps more appropriately. Um, have friends that have dogs. Yeah, Hang out with them. Go for a walk. Make it about your dogs. Family dogs. Family dogs. If you haven't, if you haven't got friends with good dogs that you can socialize with, um, join a group obedience class. You know be around other people that are working with their dog and then you have the opportunity to make friends through there and then delegate that one thing that I've been what I used to do was doing the group classes so I know the group classes they call, we call them social walks so we all met up people they'd have done the, the sessions with us and we all went for a walk we had like 20 dogs and most of those dogs used to be reactive aggressive at some level and we never had any issues it was really really cool and we went for our walk and I was encouraging people to Communicate with each other. This is a place where you go, hey, you live close to me. Okay, we should do this next weekend. We'll go for a walk and let the dogs hang out. Yeah. So get out there, be resourceful. I don't know. But just because you haven't got a place where your dog can socialize, it doesn't mean that your dog has to go to the dog park and then yeah. play with other dogs.
1: It's not the default socialization method to hmm? go, and go to this place, like you said, of high-intensity fenced in with a bunch of strange mm-hmm. dogs that they yep. you don't
0: know and they don't know. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, it's, a- it's a social place. People like to go there because you got your dog park friends. Hey, you know, and like I and I knew more. I I remember I was in one of my local dog parks a while ago, and I stopped going just because no one had their dogs under control, and I didn't find the the joy being there anyway. When yeah. I'm out with my dogs, I'm like, and my dogs are social, but I'm engaging with them. They're looking at me for like I'm the pack. We are the pack together.
1: Even if every dog in the park was. Good. It only takes one bad dog to come in off leash and yeah. then you've got a potential situation.
0: So often, hear about it so often. The yeah. dog got killed like two years ago down near Moores Reserve by a wolfhound, apparently, mm. allegedly anyway. Um, you know, small dog got bitten by a big dog. Probably was prey drive. Probably wasn't um, that the fact that the dog was running, the dog chaser going, this is a fun game. And then crunch, too small, too big. Who's controlling it? Where are the referees? Who's con- who is yeah. regulating what's happening in there? So that's a big problem. And what was I just saying? I was saying something. Um. anyway oh yeah so when I was in the dog park there people asked me questions oh my dog does this this and that so I said alright look you guys have known each other for so long and every dog he knows each other and there's no one new in this little clique here and there was like five or six of them I said how about we practice this people had food on them they had their balls with them and dogs were fighting over the balls and blah 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 and I said just remove the balls remove the food if you want them to just interact and make a social environment don't be adding any more highly aroused items in this in this scenario to make them more reactive, aggressive, yeah. fearful and things like that. So I, one thing I said to them is while they're playing, have a moment where you can all call your dogs back to you. Everyone sits for, 30 seconds, we all say okay, the dogs go out and play and then we do that as a part of our game. So then when you can call your dog to come back, if the dog that's undesirable comes in or you want them, that you want to be able to leave. So play this game, introduce training to it. I don't think it eventuated much. That was my advice to the question that she asked. I forgot what the question was but make you be a part of their interaction. Don't just sit there. And there was all chairs there. everyone sitting around doing nothing and watching the dogs play. Interact with them. Like you don't. You go for the walk so you can get the exercise too, right? Yeah. Not so you can go there and sit on your ass so you can let the dogs play.
1: Although I have seen that people just go to the dog park and then they let the dog off leash and they're just standing there on their phone, not even paying attention.
0: Yeah, you're course.
1: asking for trouble.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's really bad. Mm and we and you see things brewing and uh, developing and when I and it was funny when I mean moment, as a trainer you can see that coming probably minutes before it's actually going to happen sometimes sometimes it just happens really quickly because yeah. a Joe blow comes down and lets his dog off and then boom something happens so and social skills dogs aren't learning appropriate social skills all the time you know we need to have a a good dog to show him how to have social skills. One dog's running away, tail tucked, he's back trying to run away. And the dog's like, we're playing. Yeah. And starts like Pray eyeballing yeah. him and just chases his dog and squashes him and play with them. And then that dog goes, I hate dogs. Every time I see a dog, I'm going to try to bite them. And that's just what happens. Yeah. So one of my clients, <laughs> she killed me, right? So her dog, Gets guard um guards her ball, it's a little Cocker Spaniel, guards a tennis ball and always happens. She goes, it doesn't happen anywhere else except for the dog park. I'm like, well, then just don't go to the dog park and your dog won't <laughs> bite anybody again. So you're the one who's making dogs get bitten and making more of the problem by keeping going there. So yeah. I'm like, if you're going to be in the dog park, which I don't recommend anyway, but if you're going to be there, no ball, you're there for dogs. If you want to play with the ball, put them on the long lead and go to the park and play with the dog or do it in the yard. Like do it somewhere where you can control it and manage it. That was the rule. Three weeks time, I rocked up. We did the session again. Things were going better. Everything that we initially want to work on, the barking at the door and more control in the house and walking on the lead and following basic commands. And as I was adjusting the collar, I'm like, oh, I got a little nick on your head. What happened? I was talking to the dog, obviously indirectly speaking to the client. And she's like, I didn't want to say anything, but we went to the dog park and everything was good for 40 minutes. And right at the end when I put the lead on the dog, uh, my dog lunged at another dog and that dog bit her on the face. I'm like... What did we say? Goodness gracious me. I didn't yeah. say anything. I'm like, you know what I'm going to say? That's just how it is. Um, you knew. And now hopefully you understand that I'm not saying it because I like to hear in my own voice. I say it because there's a reason for it. Yeah. You don't have to go to the dog park. It's not like the necessity of my dog can't go to the vet. It's like, a, just don't go to the dog park. Yeah. If your dog's biting everybody. Frustrating. But it's real and it's what's happening. So we need to be able to educate people and hopefully people listen to and they're attracted to oh yeah i want to know what to do at the dog park well be aware of it choose the right dog park make sure that you're engaging with your dog you're having that fun time with your dog and finish on a positive note if you're going to be in the dog park everything's going good it's been 10 minutes go leave don't wait f- for your dog to get tired and get the shits and then something happen. dogs guard water When there's five dogs jumping on top of the water, you know, we we see that as well very often. I think we're talking about that with Archie. Yeah. He was saying that he was guarding the water. So, you know, we see this even from very calm, nice dogs. So, you know, it's when they – there's another problem is that when dogs are giving social cues, they're lifting their teeth and uh, they're lifting their lips and they're showing the teeth. teeth. They're, they're, They're showing their body language, the ears are back, the tail's up. All these things are happening and the other dog does not even know what that means. So what we need to do is give our dogs heaps of positive experiences and we have to represent some dogs. So when I'm letting the dogs play in my yard when I was doing some dog minding and dogs are playing, one was kind of annoying the other, I would intervene go, hey, back it up. The dog's clearly telling you to stop. I need to help you know that she's telling you to stop. You
1: to sort of referee it a little bit. Referee it a bit. Yeah. So
0: ideally, then this is the ideal world, um, this is my thought on one of my walks with my dogs was that, It'd be great if we had a place There was a setup, like a dog park set up in every relatively area. So maybe where every single dog park is, it's been replaced by professionals that are there, that there are certain times dogs have been screened. They have the the green light to go ahead. They're a good dog. They've been tested, temperament tested. They're there. They have their play. They go. Maybe it's a place where, I don't know, I'm thinking of, instead let's replace dog parks with dog training parks dog education let's start to make that a normal thing rather it's than a structured yeah let's have You've some got structure to sort of umpire it it would be nice it would yeah. be good um doggy daycare is a great place for dogs to have an experience they get screened they go they have a fun time they get to go home doggy daycare is is one place where your dog can have fun with other dogs And someone's there to to observe what's happening. As long as they all know what they're doing and they've been trained and they understand dog behavior and they're not just some backpacker from overseas just filling in some time. Like, we want someone who actually understands. And the reason I say backpacker is when I used to work at a doggy daycare, the consistency of who was there were uneducated. Everyone had a working visa and, like, no one knew what there was going. They're just not going on. They're just there because they like dogs. Sure. Like you have to know dogs to look after 30 of them mm. when they're all playing. So you, so while I was there, cause I had some, some experience working in the shelters, working at training facility and also having the, the theory behind my back is that I could see what was happening. I'm like, yeah, that's enough now. For example, if there was time for ball time, cause there were balls and toys in the, in these yards and I would have dogs like, you know, multiple dogs, 10, 20 dogs. Everyone has to sit before I throw the ball. Yeah. And that way they calm the dogs down, get them in a focused state. It may take you five minutes to get that happening and then we reward them by throwing the ball and that way they're, we're not throwing the, ball and throwing the ball and then winding them up where something could happen. Now, I never seen a fight there for about six months that I was working there. Um And every dog was screened, so there wasn't like any aggressive dogs. Mm -hmm. But we also want dogs not to get injured. If a dog doesn't know how to stop or is getting jumped on by another dog, we need to show that dog not to go too far because that dog needs to have a little rest and lay down. So there's things that you can combat and replace the dog park, start getting more savvy with how you're interacting with your dog rather than going to the mosh pit of craziness. (laughs) and, And of course, you know, how about you use another way of using a dog park? And this is what I do with my dogs and I have done with my dogs and with clients dogs is that use the dog park as a resource. You go to the outside of the fence and you practice your obedience training. You practice your recall, your downstay, your sit stay, your, your look command, set up a bed, practice your bed command, any other commands that you're working on, your heel, your touch anything that you're working on, do it close by to where everything's happening. And most of the time, if you're on the outside of the fence, dogs are most likely going to come to the fence and suss you out and be like, is he coming in? So that's a great way to use the dog parker as an important resource for your training. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I've seen a video of Michael Ellis doing that and Learberg talk about that all the time. And there's so many trainers, I can name heaps of trainers, that give that advice. Um, it's v- very rare dog trainers that – Um, advocate dog parks i think because we see the the issues of it all the time so
1: i've seen i've heard so many podcasts where dog trainers are just like it's a bad idea for many of the similar reasons that we're talking about here is too many uncontrolled variables yeah it really that's that's what it comes down to is so so much is unknown and you're to try and keep your dog safe and give them good experiences you're trying to control as much as possible right yeah yeah of course
0: so that's a bit of a rundown. Was there any questions or things that I've probably left out? I'm just trying to think now. What would you
1: say, we, we talked about what was bad about them. Is there any, and not just specifically what kind of dog parks are good, but what do you think they can be useful for in general?
0: So that that was one of them in terms of, yeah, using the park as one of your resources. Your training, yeah. Um, I guess a pro is that dogs go there and they have a mad time and they have fun and they play yeah. with other dogs and they get to go home and everything's good. If they were always bad, then we would have, like, no they one would. They wouldn't exist. They yeah. wouldn't exist. So there is positive to it. And some, as I said, there's clients that said, oh, what do you mean? I'll go to the dog park. All-. My dog's been there his whole life, a whole nine years. He goes there, like, regularly. Yeah. And nothing bad's happened. I'm like, you're lucky. That's awesome. But just because you've drink, drive for the last five years <laughs> and you haven't killed yourself or somebody doesn't else doesn't make really, it a good idea. Well, yeah. I recommend it, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's something I- to think about. I guess guess that's a
1: thing that it's all good until it's not.
0: Yeah. And look, how about this? This, like, really drilled me. I'm going to rant a little bit now. So we're up in the the park. This is not a dog park. This is the park at the top of my street. I had both my dogs on a long lead. I had a client with a little Pomeranian, five months old or so, 1.5 kilos, small little pom. And she was a little bit nervy on her own, like she was just a nervy dog. That's the kind of breed, though, isn't it? Like they can, can be a little bit kiddish. A little bit. It's sort, yeah. sort of the way they move in that. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, she's yeah. got attitude, you know. But yeah. she's all right. She was yeah. cool. But you know, we were just trying to improve some, and we we're doing really good. Like um, the owner had been doing a lot of good, positive things with all of the things that I've gotten her to practice. Had her on the long lead, and as we're there, I can just I seen the di- first of all, I heard screaming, "Oi, oi, come back, come back!" And I'm thinking something's happening. I look up and I just see this staffy running full speed. At, towards us like a bullet like you could see a missile coming close i'm like holy shit so i've run up i've tried to block her with my body and put my body up in front of her i'm like oi and as soon as i made that noise she like oh she noticed me but the al- yeah the staffy, and i took the risk of then grabbing her collar and i had a lead on me and boom and i whacked her on the lead and i was so proud of myself i'm like i got the dog this is so cool and then before you know it boom second one oh shit third one boom and i'm like same owner two owners three dogs right now as we know, as we've spoken before, Nookie's like three kilos. We have Little Blossom, which is a little Pomeranian, 1.5 kilos, and we had Spades. I look up and all I heard is, <laughs> And she's picked up her dog, and the dog's jumping up. No, not trying to bite. Completely. Oh, she's all picked playful. up the Pomeranian. She's picked up yeah. a Pomeranian, and the Staffies are jumping on top of the Just too big, though, isn't it? She's, the dogs came completely for play. All yeah. right. So I seen that. There was no aggression. Sure. But the so size is just a mismatch to begin with. Of course, it? if yeah. I'm standing there and I had like you know three islanders run at me full speed to crash tackle me, and say hello. So of course, I'm going to get injured. Yeah. All right. Even though it was Even all play. Want to play? Yeah. Of yeah, course. Yeah. So that happened, and then Spades yeah. had run off across, like not off, across the field, but he was like following me as I was going closer to the owners to give him that lead to get the other dogs, and it was all happening. Right. So this is a moment of you having to be in the moment, be clear. And control your emotions, have your own impulse control, do your meditation, do your breathing technique, exercise intensely and focus your mind. Because when things happen like this, you have seconds to make actions, make decisions and you got to follow through. Yeah. So I got that one dog on the lead. I thought I was really proud of myself, but I had no other leads on me to get the other dogs. And, um, so I got that dog. I ended up, like, Nookie was so scared. She was, like, trying to, like, she didn't run away. And, again, the long leads were on, but I wasn't holding them at this stage. I had let go of them. And she had, like, she stayed around my client, which was good. Like, she was freaked out, and she did get stepped on. I did hear a scream, but she didn't run away, which was good, again, because she knows that, stay near me, I'm going to help you out. And she did see that I had stopped the dog from coming, whatever. Now, these two boys, they were – I didn't feel that they were – the guys that I could really tell off without me getting into an altercation straight out and then if I go into an altercation then we have the dogs that we deal with now what I wanted to say I'm not even going to say on the podcast because I'm so angry at them Yeah, but I calm myself down like guys these dogs have to be on the lead no matter what if you cannot call your dogs to come back they should not be off the lead number one number two is that there's not a leash free area Yeah, so you've already broken, broken the law and not only that now I know your dogs aren't aggressive I said it but your dogs have now come and scared the crap out of all my dogs All right, we're in a training session. We've got a young puppy here and now I said this all very quickly and they were like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, "Mm, frustrating. All I want to do is slap you. I sorted it out. I went back to my client. I had my dogs ready. I'm like, are you okay? Is everything good? Did anything happen? No physical injuries, all good. She, My owner was actually pretty cool with everything. She's like, I was kind of under the adrenaline. I was puffing hard. I was racing. I was just taking a time. I'll say, we're not leaving the park now. We're staying here because I don't want the dogs to see us have to run away because she only lives two streets from me, so this is our local park. I don't want it to yep. f- be full of angst. The guys in it then continued, had the dogs on the lead and continue walking past, and I then said to them again, dogs have to always be on the lead. I don't want to- um- Were they still off-leash? No, so they clipped them back on the lead and they were walking. My dogs at this stage had the lead loose on them, but they were just standing next to my client, and I'm like, dogs have to be on the lead. You've now scared this puppy. Now you've done us a disadvantage and it's not fair. I go, and if you can't control your dogs, why would you even want your dogs to be off the lead? Well, so they can run onto the road like, and recool. kill themselves? Like yeah. what's going on? Not only did I not get a sorry, all right, so that just shows character. How old were they? Um, I don't know, twenty-five, thirty. Sure. You know. Not only did I get a sorry, but I and I didn't and I also got a stupid remark by saying, "Oh, well, why are your dogs off the lead? Even though they weren't off the lead. And I looked at my dogs, I said, down, and straight away, spades and nookie hit the down, like, immediately, one command, and I look back at him and said, I've got my dogs under full control, and they're not being a menace to what's happening around us, so that's why. Oh. And continued walking. So, we have people that are rude, stupid. Arrogant. Arrogant, and, like, have no responsibility in their own life, and they're not taking their dog, the power of their dog seriously, yeah. right? Now, that happened when we are in a leashed area. What happens if we are in the dog park? And They've let the dogs off and haven't run past to go get them because they go, Oh, I'll let my dogs play. They're just friendly. It's like, Yeah, they're friendly, but they've run 40Ks an hour at, at my dogs and squashed them. And not only that, but then he's jumping on the like the dog was trying to scale the owner to like grab the dog or to play with the dog, sure. I guess. Again, the dogs weren't aggressive. But it could have been aggressive if one of the dogs bit. And it, it can turn pretty quickly as well. And there's three of them. So what do we do when dogs, when one dog's biting, that's one thing. When two dogs are biting one dog, they're now in competition to rip that dog apart. All right. And not, and not to mention that what were staffies bred for? They have the power and the tools to, the jaw. To, to, to do this, yeah. to do this killing, right? Like they have that. They're a terrier. They're a fighting dog. So not saying that staffies are dogs that fight, I'm saying that if they were to fight, they f- know how to fight yeah, a lot better than, than other – than yeah. other, like a lab, like two Labradors could do that, but not the same sort of damage as these powerful breeds. So there's irresponsible people. There are people that don't know the breed. They just get the dog because they want to look cool or whatever it is, but they have no control. And in that case, I was able to do something. I didn't just freeze and stand there going, oh, I wish this wasn't happening to me. You've got to take control, but you've got to have experience behind you too. So in that moment – and again, I was – I had a proud moment, of course, even under my dogs were under stress when all that happened because they weren't psyched. Like, Nookie was pretty freaked out, but she still followed my command while the dogs were walking past us, five meters away from us. My dogs had it down. Hopefully, I set a good example. I reckon the dogs, the guys went around the corner to the other side of the park took the and took them back off, off the leg. Yeah. Um, so, these things happen. And those dogs, again, as I said before, weren't being aggressive, but- how does the other they dogs have the perceive it? the potential to be. Yeah, and yeah. how did the other dogs perceive it? Then they essentially got attacked today, or yeah. that day. That day yeah. they got attacked. That's what they see.
1: Because ultimately it's how, about how the, that little dog perceives that yeah. experience. Of course. It's obviously not... it. Very slim chance that's going to come out as a positive experience for that dog, regardless of if it it got bitten or whatever. Of course,
0: for sure. So then I said to my client as well, I'm like, be careful when you pick your dog up over your head because I've heard lots of people being bitten on the face and on the arms by them picking their dogs up over their head because another dog wants to bite them. The dog misses the dog. So what's a
1: better option? Get in front of the dog?
0: (laughs) I don't know what a better option is. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'd probably, uh, well. If you had to do it, what would you do? Um There's no great choice, is there? It's really hard to say. Mm. I'm trying to find the best way to deal with that. I guess what's ideal? If you had some sort of deterrent or a spray, number one. Number two is have a long ass stick so you can keep some distance. Number three is your body positioning. If you're going to hold the dog up over your head, make sure you're creating that space. So, for example, standing – people in the camera can probably see if I'm standing front onto the dog, I'm here – but if I was to like, do something like that, that maybe give me a little bit more space. But the yeah. dog's not just standing in one spot. They're going to come around you. Plus, there's multiple dogs. Yeah, and there's yeah. multiple dogs. That makes it 10 times harder. Yeah. So, there's been times where I've walked down the street. Dogs have come out of nowhere and I've pulled my dog behind me and I've gone, oi, very loud and very loud, big body language. And I've used my my force, to, like my body language into the dog. And a lot of the times, they stop the dog. Sometimes the dog comes up and I quickly grab him by the collar. Again, you're going to grab a dog by the collar, get, be willing to get bitten. And in that case today, that day, I grabbed that one dog and I put her now in the moment. I didn't see that she was aggressive, but how do I know? I, yeah, could, yeah. I could have gotten bitten that day, but i rather get bitten than my dogs get bitten, I guess. I've been bitten so many times. The last time, maybe not the last time, but the last time I got properly bitten sent me to hospital from infection and had to take cartilage out of my finger and had to remove my fingernail, um, because it was, yeah, there was embedded infection inside, inside the bone there and it was, and it could have, it was nearly like they, they said nearly my blood was going to become infected because it was a bad infection. So there's not just the risk of getting physically injured like that, but then the biological risk. Long of, term. Yeah. Of, and now I'm probably going to get arthritis in that finger because there's no cartilage that's protecting the joint. So things happen, right? But you got to, but taking risks takes practice. Uh, I've seen lots of dogs. So I guess I've had that experience. That attitude comes into it and that comes down to how you are as a person, what's your personality type, how to stop a dog running at you. I tried my best and I think if it was one dog, I got that dog in the lead would have been perfect. Multiple dogs and um, we're, we're working on it. Hopefully I had two or three other people with me and we can all work together. Mm. That'll be good but which we're all professionals walking together down the streets like it's not going to happen. That's why when you see old people walking with sticks in their dog, they're not using the stick on their dog. They're using the stick because they're used to walking the streets and having strays back in the day walking around. They use a stick to beat other dogs away from them. Yeah. You know, so if it was a police officer and a dog was running at him that fast, I'd pull, they'd pull a, a control device out. Are they using the taser or, or a gun? Yeah. You know, they have yeah. the rights to do it. Yeah. Um, and. You know, if someone was running full speed at a police officer, what do you think they're gonna do? They're gonna unarm combat them? Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Yeah. But using a tool would, would help. So I'm not saying that you have to beat dogs when they run up to you, but you gotta be aware of what to do. Yeah. Because if those dogs did run up and then tear my dogs apart, what are you gonna do then? And then how do we stop a dog from being in the fight? You know, so that's another problem too. Mm. So So in summary <laughs> Let's, don't go to the
1: dog park Yeah, let's stay away from the dog park there's there's better ways to to socialize your dog and to give them
0: a yeah a positive uh experience as i said sign up to a group dog training class someone local to you you can meet up with other dog owners make friends get out there and be have you know have a dog that your dog wants to be around or if he's a little bit unsure then have a balanced dog around you or a dog that yeah. at least is focused on their own there's, there's many
1: many better options there's than-
0: so many more options yeah. you know and um You got family, got friends, have dogs, and make it make it a part of that. I think we're one of the Q and A's that we're releasing next week is going to talk about. Oh, well, won't be next week when we do it, but it'll probably be released actually when this goes out. Is that how to introduce two dogs together? We don't just chuck dogs in the backyard and let them play. Go for that walk first, and do all those things that that we talked about at length there. So there's so many ways of doing it. Just be aware if you go in the dog park, be willing for your dog to get attacked. If you have that in mind, then at least then you know that it's a possibility. Don't go there thinking, oh, it may not happen. happen. It will never happen. And then when it happens, you're bamboozled. And now you're all acting surprised that something's happening. But that's the risk of anything. Don't go outside because you're going to get hit by a car. Like, So I guess people could say that too. It's like, well, the risks outweigh the benefits. I love to go there. I'm going to go. doesn't mean I lie down in the middle of the road. you know what I mean? That's true. So, you know, make a calculated risk and go to a good one. So Centennial Park was also another good – but I have seen – Quite a few dog fights at the dog park at Centennial Park while I've been there. Is that because it's fenced off? No, think? it's not fenced off, though. It's, it's not, big and oh. open. But I guess maybe just a more higher population of dogs, a lot of dogs when I was there. Mm. So it could happen. It's a numbers um, game, isn't it? Like the more yeah. dogs
1: you have, the more potential there is. Sydney
0: Park, like I've never seen an issue. And we actually, one of our group walks was in Sydney Park. So we had all the dogs on the lead. We walked through. And then at the end, the dogs that were cool to be off the lead, we have them off. Most of the time, when I've walked through there, because of the dynamics of the park, you're moving away. Most dogs won't continue to run up to you. There's heaps of other options. Sometimes they will, but if you, uh, every time I've walked through there, it's been really good. So, yeah.
1: well, I mean, know. again, what does this come down to? It comes down to you being the most, the most important part of your dog's life. Don't yep. assume that just because you have a dog that they have to necessarily find so much entertainment or, or stimulation from other dogs. That's your perfect. job.
0: Perfectly said, man. Yeah. It's exactly right. Yeah. And that's that that's that is the underlying theme to it all. So hope that's answered some of those questions for everyone that asked about dog parks and now I've got something to refer to for my clients to listen to more at length about thinking about it. And you know, as I said, as always, if there's any questions for you guys, hit us up, let us know. Maybe give us your experience about dog parks. If there's something yeah. bad that's happened or something really good that's happened, you know, um, hit yeah. us up. Like and- I'm
1: sure there are a lot of positive experiences, but like you said, you just have to Acknowledge that there's a very real chance that something could happen for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, another good podcast that um that I was listening to, as I mentioned at the um at the beginning of this podcast, the canine paradigm. They talked about the dog, like their opinion, Glenn and Pat's opinion about dog parks. So you can also listen to that. And I think sit. they had slightly different opinions to each other. Pat didn't did. seem too phased by them. He Glenn, liked it. He Glenn, likes his dog park. Yeah. Um, he's had good experiences there. Um, it's and around Glenn, the inner west, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know the park's name, so mm-hmm. you can go check it out. Listen to them and then you can formulate your own opinions. Yeah. Hopefully, you haven't had bad experiences like, like me anyway and from my other clients. So, yeah. Awesome. All That's right, us.
1: That's a wrap. Thanks, guys. Um, hit like, hit share, hit subscribe, hit comment. Do it all. Tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. Thanks for dial. listening to us. See you next time.
0: See ya. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog please like, rate, and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips, and techniques, visit noocherspooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.